Welcome to another episode of Hitchhiker's Guide to IT Podcast, brought to you by Device42. On this show, we explore the ins and outs of modern IT management and the infinite expanse of its universe. Whether you're an expert in the data center or cloud, or just someone interested in the latest trends in IT technology, the Hitchhiker's Guide to IT is your go-to source for all things IT. So buckle up and get ready to explore the ever-changing landscape of modern IT management. Hello and welcome to the Hitchhiker's Guide to IT podcast series brought to you by Device42. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney. And today we're setting the stage for how important it is for IT leaders to think about leadership. We are going to develop a lot of solutions. We'll talk about some challenges. We'll also get some great advice from a wonderful guest. I cannot wait to bring him on because he has quite the resume. So it is my pleasure to bring on Don Welch, who is a mover and shaker. He is the Vice President for Information Technology and Global University Chief Information Officer for New York University. Don, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Michelle. I really uh, appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to be on the podcast. Really excited to have you. And as I said, you have quite the resume. And if we had more time, I could tell everybody about what you've accomplished in your professional career. But I'd like to have you give a brief bio if you can. And I want to thank you right off the bat for your service because I, I know military is a big part of that. So can you give us a brief bio before we get into the Q&A? Sure. Um, so it, it, as you mentioned, uh, I started off my career. I spent 25 years in the Army, uh, did normal uh, kind of infantry things, but also got into IT and uh, the information warfare uh, aspect uh, of the military. Uh, when I became the CEO of a company, it was in an area that didn't lot of, have a lot of experience with uh, people in, uh, in the military. And there's a lot of concern from uh, people in the company, what it would be like to have a retired colonel come in, uh, was I going to make them have haircuts or uh, anything like that? Uh, and uh, my HR person uh, came to me and said, well, leadership in the Army is easy, right? I mean, you just tell them what to do and you've got a gun. And uh, my response was, yeah, but you have to remember, uh, they have guns too and there's more of them. And uh, you know, I think the the idea that uh, that leadership relies on authority is really a problem. Uh, and it was the same thing in the military. Uh, you you can't get people to go into harm's way unless uh, they trust you, and uh, you have to you have to build that trust and they, and you have to build that leadership relationship. Uh, and in IT, I think it's the same thing. You've got professionals. They know their jobs. They know what they're doing. Uh, they they have to trust you if they are going to follow you. So that that aspect of trust is the same thing that I have found in my uh, career in the military. And when I transitioned to the civilian world in my various roles, uh, mostly in higher ed, but some in, in private industry, it's really the same thing. Leading people, people are people. Uh, and that, I think, is the uh, is the key. You hit on so many important points there. I feel like we already did the task of getting great information out there for this podcast, but we're just beginning. So I want to touch on a lot of what you said and dive deeper, especially with the trust aspect, which we will talk about more deeply in just a minute or two. But let's start off kind of with some basic questions. We're talking about, of course, leadership and the importance of IT leadership. So 
how do you get the most out of your IT team to support your business? And you talked about the military aspect, getting people to to trust you and to take those commands. So in a much different space, but where do you start? Yeah, so usually IT is not life or death. Um, and uh, usually people, when they get upset with you, aren't armed. So that's uh, that's good. But still, we want uh, you know very much to uh, to bring out the maximum value that people can contribute to the organization. Everybody comes in; they've got talents, they've got experiences, um, they have uh, uh, you know motivation, values, and so forth. And you want to merge those into a team so that the team is producing more than just a group of individuals; that they are actually a team. There's that synergy. And uh, so to do that, uh, I think as leaders, we have to understand how those various people can contribute and would like to contribute. And in many cases, we can understand more about what they're capable of than they understand. Uh, If you think back into your career, the times where someone saw more in you than you saw in yourself and were able to bring that out. I think that's the essence of a, of, of a good coach. But bringing it up within the framework of a team, uh, you know, if we think about sports teams, some, some players do this, some players do that, uh, and how do they mesh together? Uh, they can have a very talented team that doesn't mesh together and doesn't deliver. And so we have all these different skills in IT, uh, and how do, we, how do we accent those strong points and uh, cover up for the weak points of the individuals. And I think that starts off with getting to know all the people, um, both professionally and personally, as much as they're willing to share. Knowing them as people uh, allows you to understand how to fit them together, uh, but also it builds trust. If you think from yourself of if, some, if you think someone truly understands you, you tend to trust them more. If you understand them and there's open communication, you understand their thought process, well, okay, that trust goes a little further. And as you continue to build that trust, that is the foundation of which uh, you can do everything else uh, as a team uh, to deliver for your, for your organization. I want to look at the building block, so to speak, of where we're going with the importance of really developing strong quality leadership in IT. So could you define leadership for us, especially when it comes to the difference between leadership and management? Because there there could be a little confusion there. Yes, thank you. Um, the uh, uh, You know, when I think of management, I think of that as the organization of work. Uh, we, you know, we think of project managers and they build work breakdown structures, et cetera. <clears throat> uh, and so there's a certain amount of our job that is the organization of work and it's the, the mechanics. And that's important. We have to do that. But the, the above and beyond to me is leadership. And that's the dealing with the person, not with, you know, the, the thing or the process. Uh, and so my definition of leadership uh, is inspiring a group of people to achieve a common goal. So there's nothing about authority in there. I think you've failed as a leader if you rely on your authority. Uh, but the emphasis is on inspiration. You want people to want to do the work. And you can, if you can set up an, an environment where people are engaged, they're enthusiastic, 
they're happy. They look at the challenges. They feel that they're growing. Uh, they're really going to deliver for your organization, and they'll deliver above and beyond what what you think they should be able to deliver beyond their you know individual talent level. Uh, and I think that's the key to leadership. When we look at great leaders, that's what they do. They get more out of people than the people believe they have in themselves. You made a great point earlier, and I remember you brought this up. I took it personally because you really directed it to me. And do you remember when somebody thought something about you positively that you didn't see in yourself? And that really is so important when it comes to leadership. So let me ask you this. How do you take the talents and then the personalities as well from your team to get the most out of them? So I said it starts with you have to um, you know, build that relationship that's built on trust. So uh, you want to get to know them. Not everybody wants to share everything about their, uh, you know, their personal lives. Uh, but as much as they're willing to share, if they believe that you care about them as a person, both professionally and personally, I think that is, a, a, you know, one of the key foundations. And then um, in caring about them professionally, you want them uh, to be able to grow. Uh, and, and to be able to improve. Now, that, uh, you know, lines up very well with what you want them to do as your role as a leader to create a great team. Uh, you want them to to grow. And sometimes uh, you, people will be surprised that you can reward someone by giving them more work. Uh, someone is enthusiastic about something, you empower them, you uh, you give them extra tasks that are along the lines of the things that they want to learn, that they want to do to accomplish. Uh, and I think when it all comes down to it, uh, people want to uh, have a sense of accomplishment and mastery of their tasks. And there, there's lots of different theories. If you've read the book uh, Drive that was out a few years ago, um, you you know we go back to you know Maslow's hierarchy hierarchy of uh, uh, of needs uh, when when we feel that we are part of a team and we feel that we are really contributing and we are valued for what we do then um, you know you know I think that there's really no limit to what we can contribute uh, and if you can get most of the people or every uh, all the people on your team who are feeling that way, they're feeling empowered, um, they're feeling uh, energized, uh, you know, they, they come to work and they want to, do, they want to do really good for the organization. Um, those are the people who are really gonna make a difference. Uh, and the more of those people you have in your organization, uh, the better your team will be. When I was the CEO uh, of a company too, I had four vice presidents and we had 10 directors and every six months, we would look at those directors to see how they were doing. And when we discussed their performance, we never discussed how well they led their individual teams. We discussed how well they made uh, the other in the organization, the other directors more successful. Uh, and, and letting them know, and they believe that this is what we were really looking for, they stepped up and they made each other stronger. They helped each other develop. Uh, and this, I think, was the key to our success. Uh, on the wall behind me, um, you see a, a picture of President Obama. I was uh, invited to the White House uh, in the 2008 stimulus. Um, we were uh, 
we were rewarded awarded by them is uh, the best stimulus project uh, uh, in broad building out broadband. Uh, and that was a team that we had together that we just uh, were able to accomplish, I think, some tremendous things. I don't think any of us would have thought were outstanding uh, as uh, as individuals, but as a team, we were able to accomplish so much that you know we were recognized nationally for uh, the quality of this project. And you know, and I'd say the years we spent building that teamwork is what allowed us, when this opportunity came up, to be able to seize it and be successful. Let's take a look at the foundation of leadership. We're talking a lot about trust and trust on both sides, because when you talk about the leader and having that team, you need to be able to trust that what you're giving to your team members that they can handle. But let's just take a look at trust for a moment, because you've been very clear with the difference about being an authoritarian versus being a leader. So let's talk about that, the definition of trust, but on the bigger scale, how do we build it? Because it sounds easy. We'll just get them to trust. Just get them to trust you. How do you do that? Well, I think it, you do it um, every day. So if if you are someone who they feel is hiding things and doesn't share information, then that just tends to build a little, you know, build distrust. But if they feel that you're being totally transparent, sharing everything you can. Obviously, as a leader, there's certain things you can't share. Uh, but when, but those things that you do, uh, that helps build trust. As I said, um, care if you care about them individually, uh, if they think that uh, that you have their best interests in heart, even if the decisions you make don't always go their way, but you understand their perspective, that's going to build trust. Um, and it really helps too if you're competent. Uh, you know, the uh, if if you tend to make good decisions, then uh, people will tend to trust you over time, even if maybe they don't get the opportunity to see uh, to always see uh, why you're making those decisions. If when you have time and it's the right circumstance, you involve people in the decisions, they understand your thought process. Um, they see that you're being as fair as possible. Uh, you're um, making uh, making good decisions. Then, when they can't see that, they'll tend to assume that you are doing that uh, in, in the same way. But I think that this idea that we want from our leaders, we want to be able to trust them, but we want to be able to verify. You know, as the old saying, "Trust but verify," uh, goes in. Uh, we want to make sure that our leaders uh, are, you know, have the best interests of the organization at heart. They they don't have hidden agendas. Uh, they're um, they're treating people fairly. Uh, those are the kinds of things that that build trust. And when you come down to a situation where, uh, uh, you know, where where you can't share the information, uh, that's where trust is really important. That. They believe that, okay, you've always acted this way before and uh, you're acting this way again. I need to ask you this because you mentioned, of course, it helps if they're competent when you're building trust and being a leader. But let's look at the flip side for a moment because I think this is a really hard space and we are all human and we all make mistakes. So how do you handle that? You are the leader. You're trying to coach your team 
but sometimes you may not have all the answers. Can you give us any insight on on sure. what to do in that area? Because you really are trying to present this, you know, air about you that you do know what you're doing and you are competent. So what advice do you have there? So uh, my advice would be, we have more, uh, as leaders, more implied authority than we think. Uh, and a lot of us are maybe a little uh, uncertain. We don't want to admit when we've made a mistake. Uh, we we want to, we don't want to admit if we don't know something. And I think we actually build trust when we admit that. Uh, when I make a mistake, everybody knows, right? You know, I mean, we've all been down there. Uh, you know, we talk, uh, you know, talk to our friends. It's like, boy, that was stupid or so forth. Um and, and everybody knows it. And if you don't admit it or you try to cover it up, then that not only do they know it, but they know you're not being transparent. When you admit, yes, that was the wrong decision. Um, learn from it. We're going to we're going to do this. Then that that trust builds up uh, uh, there. Um, if you don't know something, the you know, sure. Yeah, you can try and make it up. You can try and get by. But chances are everybody in your team knows more about their roles than you do. So if you're trying to fake it, they're going to know it. Uh, so, uh, and once again, I, I think human nature is, yeah, we don't want to admit we have weaknesses, but the reality is I think it makes you stronger as a leader. You, you wouldn't be in the role that you're in unless you weren't accomplished in your career already. Uh, and so accept that and, you know, live, live with your mistakes. Uh, and, uh, I think that will make you an even better leader than if you try and cover uh, cover them up. When it comes to the strategy of really, you know, building once again that trust and coaching your team along, can you give us some specific examples or ways that we can do that? Because once again, not an easy overnight task. It comes with the longevity of, of really kind of building that trust and that comes from day in, day out. So how do we do that? Well, so I, I think there's this... Um, that what we have to do is we want to constantly coach uh, our team to get better. Uh, and, and so, as I've said, if you are a great leader, uh, the greatest leader, the, what you can aspire to is to sit in your office all day and surf the web uh, because you have coached and developed your team. They're all superstars. They are empowered uh, and they don't need much from you. I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm working on it. Uh, the uh, and so the idea of developing your team, coaching them, challenging them, letting them know honestly, but tactfully when they fall in short, when they can improve, obviously letting them know when they do things well. A lot of times we, we neglect that. Uh, but I think we underestimate the, uh, the power that we have, uh, in giving praise to people, uh, that, if, if we acknowledge, truly acknowledge when, they when they've done a good job, uh, I think that really carries a lot. Now, if we just hand out praise, uh, you know, just as a, as a rote thing, people know that. Uh, but when you really understand and can relate to them what they did that, you know, whether it was working hard or working smart or whatever it is to, to really help the organization, and you acknowledge that, I think that really makes a difference. And uh, I think we can understand that when we think back in our careers of when someone did that to us. Uh, and, you know, you felt this real, um, you know, 
you felt grateful that you, someone understood what you were doing uh, and that it was something that you'd accomplished or you'd mastered or uh, what, whatever it is. Uh, and, and so there's really two sides of that. One is when someone falls short, you have to let them know that you, that you know that so that when you do praise them, they understand that you know that too. And I think that really resonates. Um, but, uh, but it takes courage to do that. Uh, I don't like to, you know, uh, confront people. I don't like telling people bad news. Um, but I have to force myself to do that. Uh, it's one of the things as leaders that we have to do sometimes is there's a lot of uncomfortable things that, uh, that we have to do. Uh, but, uh, if we do it in a tactful and honest way, it can be, it can be very powerful. But once again, uh, I think you have to put the effort in to understand what people are doing and be able to honestly, uh, make sure that, uh, you know, when they have delivered and that you, uh, give them that, uh, acknowledgement, that praise, uh, for doing that. And that motivates them, uh, to do more. Uh, all the studies have shown, you know, money motivates, okay, for three weeks or whatever, you get a pay raise. Uh, there are certain things that, uh, that are motivators, but, uh, the honest um, understanding of what you've accomplished uh, and that that sense of uh, accomplishment is really the strongest motivator and it lasts the uh, the longest time. If people are listening to this and they're thinking, you know what, I need help in this area and I'm hearing what you're saying, but I'm trying to process just how to even put it into play. Where do people start when it comes to kind of doing an overhaul if they need it? Or maybe they're just minor changes, but what are some of the first steps we can take? And then why is this so important to IT organizations when it comes to really making sure they have strong leadership? Yeah, so um, so the way I would encourage people to, uh, to, to continue to improve this way, uh, one is go to your, to your boss and have a, an honest conversation. What is one or maybe two things that you can work on to be a better leader. Your boss probably has an idea uh, doing it in a non-confrontational you know, non way, but draw it out of them to understand. And then you know, a, a good sense of uh, self-assessment uh, yourself. What are your real strengths and, and weaknesses? What do you want to improve? And so if you choose something, say, you know, I wanna be better at coaching. I want to be a better communicator. Uh, you know, what, whatever it may be, uh, do some reading on it or watch videos or uh, talk to people that you respect and understand, get a, a good vision for what does someone who is like I want to be, how do they behave? And, uh, you know, research has shown that you have to repeat uh, some uh, action or behavior hundreds of times before it becomes second nature. Some of the research I've read, it's around 200 times. And if you think about it, that's every day of your work year, uh, you want to do that. Uh, and so uh, what I recommend is that you journal. Uh, you, you can journal however you want. I tend to like writing, writing it down on paper. And at the end of the day, uh, if I am trying to do something like be a better communicator, I will spend a little bit of time and think, how well did I communicate today? Did I use a feedback look, or loop? Did I use the right channels? Did I think about what I wanted the action to be, you know, from the person I was communicating with? How well did I convey that? 
you know, write down a sentence or two or that, but that that process of thinking and writing helps reinforce that, you know, and then the next day, as I try to incorporate that in my communication, I, I write that down again. And if you do that, most days, your behavior is going to change and you're going to improve. And that's why I think you need to focus on one or two things. Um, your career will take a very long time. So there's lots of time to improve things. If you improve on one thing a year, you know, before you know it, you're, you know, you're going to be, uh, you know, running the world. But, um, but uh, I think that patience and that focus is really important if you're going to improve because leadership is behaviors. Uh, the importance of that for IT, I think it's absolutely uh, critical because IT is a uh, people business. Like the technology is easy. Yes, we frust we're frustrated with, uh, you know, this system won't configure or this patch isn't working and, you know, whatever it is. But those are easy. So all the people that run your your are in your IT organization are people uh, and they deal with people. Uh, so if you are in an IT organization like mine, NYU's purpose is not to do IT. IT is to support uh, the teaching and research mission. They're all interacting with people all around the university. Um, how well do those people um, help others to leverage the technology? That's the key. It's not innovative technology at this point. Most of our technology is, is pretty mature. It is how do our stakeholders leverage the technology? And that is people dealing with people, helping them to leverage that technology, building technology that they can leverage, understanding the requirements so we build the right technology, support it in the right way. So leadership uh, of us to our people so our people can be good at dealing with the rest of the, of the organization, I think is, is critical. If we look at technology as only a, uh, uh, you know, a, a technology problem, uh, then I think that's where we go wrong. And, you know, to be honest, that's, uh, that's how IT people get the re reputation that they do, uh, you know, because we're not, we're not focused on the impact of people. We're more focused on technology. So uh, I think the key to my success and I think the key to other successful organizations is when we think of ourselves um, as a, a, a people organization and we lead that way and technology just happens to be what, what we do uh, as we help people solve problems. As we're wrapping up here, and we have covered a lot of information, but any final thoughts, maybe any benchmarks that we should be made aware of, ways we can kind of check in to see how our progress is doing with all of this? Yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, leadership is a personal journey and self-assessment is critical. Uh, you can talk to key people. Uh, my spouse uh, is very good at telling me when I fall short on things. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, you might have the same kinds of personal relationships that are really good, uh, but talking through situations, how you handle them, taking that feedback honestly, I, I think is key. We as people um, need feedback to learn. Uh, feedback can be painful, but, uh, but it is important. But getting that feedback from everybody, from your team members, from your peers, from your boss, from your personal relationships, um, and doing a good self-assessment, where can I improve? Uh, that, I think, is the key to becoming a better leader. If you are improving every day, then 
that's it. It doesn't have to be much, but if if you're moving in that right direction, then I think you're going to be a successful leader. Uh, I think if we uh, if we are satisfied that oh we're doing a good job, then you know I I think we tend to uh, to drop off a, a bit. We begin to neglect the important things, the people, their uh, their balance, their progress. Uh, and uh, our organizations are not such a fun place to work, and they don't deliver as well. Great conversation, Don. Really been such a pleasure. Don Welch is the Vice President for Information Technology and Global University Chief Information Officer for New York University. Don, anywhere that you would like to send people who maybe have questions or want to learn more about the topic at hand? Oh, uh, so I I will say that um, I uh, have been giving my uh, thoughts on leadership to uh, all the IT leaders at NYU. Uh, and those, uh, I send out an email about every other week uh, and we collect those on a blog. Uh, and so it's available on the, um, from the NYU site. Uh, so anyways, it may be some starting points for your own uh, personal expo- uh, exploration if you uh, want to look at those. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don, it's really been a pleasure. Once again, some great information. I learned a lot. Um, You know, I think regardless of your NIT or, or any other field, this is just such pertinent information is so important because as you said, it's it's just about people and, and dealing with other people and great lessons that we all can learn. So I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for being with us. Yes. Thanks, Michelle. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, I really appreciate your uh, your work here. Thank you, Don. Great to have you once again. I want to thank all of you for listening and tuning into the Hitchhiker's Guide to IT podcast series, of course, brought to you by Device 42. And you can always visit device42.com for more information about Device 42. Please subscribe to the podcast to hear more great conversations like the one we had today. I'm your host, Michelle Don Mooney. Once again, thanks so much for joining us and we hope to see you soon. 